This Fantasy Life. Hello and welcome to This Fantasy Life, a fantasy football podcast for our league and yours. My name is Chris. And I'm John, and it's season five, episode two of the best fantasy football podcast in the central Ohio area. You're so close to syndication. Yes. And dare say we are all fully vaccinated, so you are safe to listen to this podcast. That's right, you are. And of course, every single week, in addition to me and John, behind the boards, doing all the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears behind the boards, is King. The King is in the house. Let's go. How's it going, guys? And I would say, yes, he is the board guy that we have. He is very bored. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Typically. Hey, I was reminded of a, a saying from The Simpsons. If you ever wanted mm. to see a mailbox shoot a little kid, you, you've come to the right place. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know why. That old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> I see you so, played Knifey Stoney before. Tomorrow Guys, is real football time. with my Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Pucaneers going after yes. it. We're recording on Wednesday night, maybe even releasing Wednesday night, Thursday morning, getting everybody ready for actual football. And I heard the worst uh, projection, and I just want to get what you guys say about it is Tom Brady is, I heard that he is shooting for 55 touchdowns to break Peyton Manning's record and 17-0 and for the Buccaneers to break the Miami Dolphins unbeaten season record. Yes. No way. No, no way. I will take the under on both of those. Yes. I have doubted Tom Brady many times before, and I've always been right. Okay. The good guys will win. During the Super Bowl. The good guys can win. If that happens, I will eat a shoe. (laughs) Oh, I've heard these stories before. Yes, we have actual football this week. It's super exciting. Uh, We got that Thursday night opener with Johnny's Cowboys. We got a whole slate of games on Sunday. If it's your first time listening to this fantasy life, like John mentioned earlier, we are the best Central Ohio fantasy football podcast. Every single week, we try and get you ready for the week in fantasy football. We recap recap our own league personally, get to know the guys. And then we also will be recapping other leagues around the Central Ohio area. If you would like to be on that segment, which we lovingly call the bus in honor of CBUS, you can email us over at thisfantasylifepodcast at gmail.com. You can also email us with your questions every single week with who to start, who to sit, love relationship advice, philosophical queries, anything you have for us. We have a full mailbag this week, which is super exciting. You can also find us over on Twitter at TFLifers. Uh, we're Zooming this year, keeping our distance from each other, mostly John. Uh, but because of that... We can easily incorporate guests. So if you want to be a guest on the podcast, talk about your league, talk about some smack, we are welcoming you to the pod. Again, email us at thisfantasylivepodcast at gmail.com. That's a good idea. Yeah. This week, we're going to do a couple of things. Keep it pretty simple. We're going to recap our draft, talk about what happened, what went down, picks that we loved, picks that we hated. We're going to give you some brief thoughts about week one, um, some matchups that we like, some exciting things that we're looking forward to. John has his annual projections for everybody in our league dun, dun, and how dun. he thinks they're going to finish. And then we got a mailbag, like I said, chock full of, you guessed it, mail. Boy, a full, a full show for our second episode before the season has even started. Pretty exciting I mean, We're not stuff. messing around. No, we're, we are not going to take it sitting down. No. Or standing okay. 
what yeah so i imagine it's wednesday it is a nfl eve and all the critters were stirring even a mouse hmm. and um every league has drafted we imagine um let's start with just you for, King. for that is... brief english lesson that was an illusion <laughs> that you just did based mm, on a literary illusion all right we, so we cover all the bases here on TFL. yes mm-hmm. um king why don't you walk us through uh, just some overall reflections on your draft we drafted over a week ago now so you've had some time to sit with it how do you feel what are you excited about what are you nervous about uh well i gotta tell you on draft day um i was very excited I felt like I did a really good job. I was pretty proud of my team. Uh, the more I've looked at it, the more I've talked to people in other leagues. Um, I feel like my team is just terrible. Oh, um, I went very running back heavy. Um, yeah, first few rounds. Classic. A um, little bit of a stretch with my first pick, taking Nick Chubb at four overall. Uh, I do feel like my wide receivers are okay, right? I have Chris Godwin, Jerry Judy, and Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just going to come down to playing the right guys the right week. Yeah. Well, I mean, August- when all else fails, you can always take a look at Trevor Lawrence's lovely golden locks. That's true. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Um, and don't listen to what other people say. They don't know anything. Yeah. Right. This was a never listen to what other people have to say about fantasy football, except for this podcast. Yes. Right. Going strong. That, that looks like a good team. That's, that's a pretty strong running back crew, and Godwin's pretty tight. And, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd's going to get some stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think you have a, a team worth worth reckoning with. So Yeah, up. I'm pretty high on the Cincinnati receivers in general. So, yeah, I like, I like you got Boyd in round seven. I think that's pretty solid, especially for our draft, a 10-person oh, yeah. league with lots of really good keepers. That might be actually your best pick um, out of the entire – round but uh king quickly talk us through picking chubb at four because you're right that's probably the most controversial move that you make uh what, what were you thinking there uh so in my opinion all of the first round talent was gone at running back um i so obviously henry took mccaffrey off the board um i didn't want kamara because i don't trust what's going on in new orleans i didn't want saquon based on his uh injury history and I didn't want Zeke based on pretty much just last year when he was terrible. Yeah. Uh, so it really came down to Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones. And I felt like Nick Chubb was the better choice. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, three starting running backs, Chubb, Najee Harris, and Clyde Edwards. Hilaire, not bad there. Like Johnny said, a really good crew. And perhaps the number, maybe a top three quarterback on Kyler Murray with your fourth pick. Well, I've so, seen King, several projections that call Kyler Murray the number one quarterback. He will, yes. he will outdo the Patrick Holmes. Yep. So, King, don't be so hard on yourself. No. And anybody else <laughs> that needs a little therapy, please call in. We'll be glad to lift your spirits. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll find a positive in your team. Speaking of an old spirit, uh, John, how mm-hmm. do you feel about your draft? Uh, you know, I went into the draft and I had one strategy, and that was that I wanted Aaron Jones and Travis Kelsey in my first two rounds. And if I didn't get Aaron Jones and Travis Kelsey, I wanted Austin Eckler and Travis Kelsey. And I was thinking if either if any of those three happen, I'm in good shape. And I did get Kelsey and Eckler, so I felt like my my draft day strategy was uh, on par. Now, whether or not it plays out, I don't know. But those are the two that I wanted. And I got them. I'm a little light at wide receiver. 
but there are a lot of the, I mean, a lot of wide receivers on the field. Somebody could jump out that I could snatch off the board or, you know, my wide receivers could wind up some, one of them could have a career season. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, I'm a little concerned about uh, Jackson because he's gone a long time without getting majorly hurt. And he likes to run a lot and get those knees out there where they can be pummeled. So I'm a little worried about his, his durability over the course of the season. Uh, but overall, I, I feel like the playoffs are in play. There's lots of talk that the league may have figured out Lamar Jackson, which could be another concern. And Lamar Jackson clearly said, I have not been figured out. And so he's so, the league or Lamar right. Jackson? <laughs> yeah. Um, again, your first pick, Johnny, like just like King kind of set the tone, taking Kelsey first overall. Like some may say that's a that would be worrisome. Uh, why were you not so worrisome? Well, here's here's the strategy involved with that. Number one, Travis Kelsey is a tight end. And if you stream tight ends, you're always looking for that next tight end. And you're always having to worry about streaming. Uh, fingers crossed. Lord be with us. Kelsey isn't injured. I'm only going to have to look for a tight end once. So I save myself that. Travis Kelsey is also like last year scored. I think he was in the top three for all receivers, including wide receivers. So it was really like picking up a wide receiver. And so I, I really was like picking up a top wide receiver, but he's my tight end. And then I got two other wide receivers uh, later on. So you could almost say like my, my third, my second wide receiver is really my tight end and probably going to score more than most of the other um, tight ends are going to score. So that's yeah, my yeah. theory. We'll see how it plays out. It's the first time I've tried it. Uh, I think I picked up Gronk one year and it was the year that he sucked really lot, uh, bad. So, um, you know, that it, it, it might not play out, but that's my thought. Yeah. And I think your, your receivers could be sneakily good. Adam Thielen, I think was woefully undervalued in this draft. Like Justin Jefferson's the hot guy in Minnesota. Adam Thielen is still a machine. And um, I think getting him in the fourth round there could be really valuable. And of course, perhaps the top five receiver in Brandon Ayuk um, with the 49ers coming right after him. So I think he could be in good shape there. Well, top five receiver, like top five on the Niners roster or no. Wow. Now we're being mean. (laughs) We said we were going to be nice this year. I'm just asking for clarification. Brandon, the 49ers don't have five wide receivers. Oh, actually it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In terms of my draft, I, I think I told somebody this, but like, Nothing went the way I thought it was going to. You do all these mock drafts and you get things situated. You have your list. You got your game plan. And unlike John, mine did not go the way I thought it was going to. The only thing I was happy about was getting Kamara at five. Um, I do share King's concern about the New Orleans offense and the uncertainty there. Um, but I still think Kamara is going to be the workhorse. I think he's going to be where everything is going to run through Kamara no matter who the quarterback is. We're a PPR league, getting a running back that's going to get that many catches. I was excited about. I didn't want Saquon. Um, you know, I I really wrestled with Zeke. Um, I have concerns about Zeke like Brandon did, but then the more I think about it, you know, as, assuming he is healthy, you know, there's no way he has, I think, a worse season than last year. He can only get better. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about picks we like overall on our draft later, but I think Zeke was my only other – wish there but after so, that yeah it was, it doesn't was anybody weird. think about aaron jones why do we keep uh, overlooking him nobody's mentioned how they had that opportunity yeah that's, that's a great point john um i don't know 
I, I honestly don't know. Um, he, I think he is just somebody who is undervalued and not appreciated. So who do you, looking at the ones that you passed up to pick, pick up Kamara, who do you uh, see as like, this guy might be the guy that makes me wish I hadn't done that. I That'd be Z. Z. Yeah. yeah. But then again, like the, what, what I think the margins between Zeke and Kamara are going to be probably not that big. Um, I, I got a sudden running back with my first pick and I'm pretty happy about that. What I wasn't so happy about was everything else. Um, I, I went with Calvin Ridley, my, my second pick. I, 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 receivers, big receivers were going pretty quickly. I really wanted DeAndre Hopkins there and Brian took him right before me. And that was like, incredibly um, depressing. But I think Calvin Ridley is the number one guy in Atlanta. I think they're going to be behind a lot. Mike Ryan can still sling it. I think um, Calvin Ridley is still going to have a good season. Um, and Julio Jones, I, I took in both my drafts this year uh, in my other league as well. I just I think that he's still Julio Jones. And yes, maybe A.J. Brown's the one receiver in Tennessee. But Julio Jones is not going to go to Tennessee and not produce. He is still going to go there, I think, and put up some numbers. Um, and then I, I agree with you, John, like in terms of tight ends, I wanted to get a top five tight end. Um, and I think Mark Andrews was kind of the last of that breed that was left. Alan Art had already taken Kittle in front of me. Um, and I wanted, I wanted a big uh, tight end. So I got Mark Andrews hoping that, you know, no, again, no matter what happens in Baltimore, he will produce. Um, again, I'm high on the Bengals receivers. I got T Higgins. I'm excited about him. Um, and, um, uh, it's a homer pick, but Raheem Mostert, he is the number one running back in the league's highest rushing team. And there is no reason to think that he, football. again, will not produce. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, if he is healthy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's okay to be a homer, I think, down there in those rounds. You want somebody to root for. What if, what if he actually does play well? I mean, his exactly. seventh round pick, you could keep him next year. I mean, it's a, it's a good risk. And I am, trust me, I, I hope Trey Sermon balls out in San Francisco, uh, but he's a rookie and there's just no evidence of that. What we have evidence of is Raheem Mostert when he's healthy, dominating. Um, so it's, Hyperbolic word. Right. Um, four touchdowns in the NFC Championship game would say otherwise. All right. So looking at the draft as a whole, not from us selfishly looking at ourselves in the mirror, yeah. Um, what are some picks that we um, liked from other people um, throughout the season? We're going to have two segments that we've had every single week since the beginning of our podcast. And that's love that guy, hate that guy. King, if you set us up, let's talk about some guys in the draft that we loved. I love the guy. King. Let's talk about yeah. some guys that you love. So we're talking about the draft in general, not just who yes. I drafted. Okay, great. Or, or anybody uh, drafted. Yes, thank you. Um, I really like DK Metcalf. Um, I had my eye on yeah. him, but my, my plan was to go running back, running back, running back. Um, so I kind of had to let him go. Uh, but I think Han's getting him late in the second round is a pretty solid pick there. <clears throat> Yeah, he's a beast. Mm -hmm. And again, all signs point to Seattle having a pretty prolific offense. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Johnny. So my pro tip in round 11, Brian Nelson picked up Jamal Williams. I was mm. very upset that I had forgotten about Jamal because DeAndre Swift has been uh, nursing an injury that seems like it might take take some time to heal. And I think Jamal Williams always played second fiddle to Aaron Jones um, in Green Bay. And once they give him the rock as the lead runner, I think he's going to show him that he's the guy. The, you know, they're going to go with the hot hand in Detroit, and I think he's going to have the hot hand. So I think that number 11 pick is really going to come back, and I could easily see him fitting into um, at least the flex position and maybe your number two running back. Mm, excellent. Um, I talked earlier about Zeke, and I think Schilling scoring Zeke in, at pick number eight is pretty impressive. Um, and the other draft I've been a part of, Zeke went way earlier than that. Um, so Schilling getting him there, no matter what our concerns are, great. But the pick that I love the most, uh, again, a homer pick, but Johnny, yes, Brandon Ayuk with the number uh, the fifth round. I think Brandon Ayuk, no matter who the quarterback is in San Francisco, is going to be a like PPR machine. He has been like excellent in terms of like all those slant routes. Debo Samuel is amazing, but he is more of like a guy they're going to run sweeps with. Brandon Ayuk, apart from Kittle, is going to be guy the guy that I think Jimmy G, Trey Lance, whoever <laughs> is going to be relying on um, a lot in San Francisco. And I think if they stay healthy and that offense is cooking, like I hope it is, I think Brandon Ayuk could be a really, really good pick. Well, if I could be clear about uh, Schilling's Zeke pick. I mean, clearly it wasn't Schilling's genius that got the uh, Elliott pick. It was the uh, first seven guys in front of him who, who didn't. <laughs> get him. So mm. I feel yes, like that's to clarify, do not give any credit to Schilling. <laughs> John's olive branch continuing to uh, sleek around. I'm just this saying season. that he, it was, it was kind of a no brainer. I wasn't being mean to him and we'll, sure. we'll find no. out later. right um so that's some love we're gonna send around but i think we also have to talk about some picks wait 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 wait, whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. sean taking Devontae adams number 10 yeah uh, yeah. considering that he was keeping stefan diggs as his wide receiver i think that was a bold move and then to take robert woods in the third round so he had we had he picked what we would call a uh a zero running back strategy he took one running back and and three. He had three uh, wide receivers, actually four. Um, I think this is a, an interesting look, and I can't wait to see how that turns out for him. Like, so do you love it? I I've heard the zero running back theory, and looking at his team, uh, he's got a decent team. Uh, he's really putting a lot of weight on Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, and I'm not sure about that. But uh, right. you know, and uh, I think. What is his number two running back is Trey Sermon. That he Who I was just dogging until, a little bit. <laughs> that he didn't pick up until the eighth round. But your four receivers, Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, Chase Claypool, and Stephon Diggs, like that's four starting number one receivers. Um, Josh Allen, a quarterback, a potential number one quarterback. Uh, you're right. Like, can, can that weight um, overshadow any weaknesses at running back? Yeah, that's interesting. That's pretty solid. All right, right. now, King, let's talk about some guys that we hate. Oh, I hate that guy. All right, King, what was some picks that you hated? Uh, Well, I've got two specifically off the top of my head. Um, I hated in the sixth round when Chris took T. Higgins right before me. (laughs) Uh, oh if you're talking about those kind of picks i have a lot okay okay (laughs) 
Uh, but no, I think um, Brian taking DeAndre Hopkins in the second round. Uh, I mean, obviously DeAndre yes. Hopkins is an absolute beast. There's no reason he shouldn't go drafted early. Um, I just think he, you know, I don't know that he is in the football state of mind right now. Mm. Um, hmm. Interesting. And I, I think his time on the field is going to suffer from that, at least early on. Oh, nasty. Hot takes here on this fantasy life. Nice. Um, Johnny, what are some picks first. that you hated? Um, yeah. Well, I think my my the second pick of the draft is one of my least favorites, and that was Derrick Henry. Wow. Um, only, only because it's been clear through the course of the preseason that, as everybody has said, Derrick Henry is not a PPR running back. He's a running back, and as it's a quote, Brandon, he's an absolute beast for sure, but he doesn't catch a lot of passes. And there, Dalvin Cook was definitely um, going to be a better pick in that area. In fact, I was kind of surprised that Derrick Henry, you know, it wasn't down like Nelson should have been thinking about him versus Saquon Barkley and uh, as the what's that sixth pick, right? Uh, so I didn't like that pick very much. Um, other than that, though, I was like, there were, like you said, there were a lot of times when I was like, I think I want to pick this guy next, and somebody would take him before he got to me, and I thought I had a kind of a deep cut on that guy, and then he was gone. Yeah, again, you know, we're not a 12-person league or a 10-person league, but it still felt pretty tight this year, mm-hmm. and I think that's because we had a lot of really strong keepers. Again, for um, listeners who don't know, our personal rules with keepers in our league um, we were allowed to keep one person from round six through 10 the previous year drafted and one person from round 11 through 15, just to run through some of the keepers that people had this year, Stefan, Stefan Diggs, Darren Waller, Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Um, and the list goes on hey, CD Lamb. much longer. CD lamb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lots of like, you know, round two, three, uh, receivers and running backs um, that would have been on your list, but they were keepers. Um, I, I disagree about Smith's pick. I, I think Smith taking Henry at number two is maybe Smith's best first round pick ever. I know that's on the Smith scale, but um, I, I think Henry is still going to produce. Um, the Minnesota offense is not something that I am terribly confident in either. Um, and you're right about the PPR thing, but I think Henry, I wanted Henry, and I was very je- jealous that Smith got him before me. Um, picks that I didn't like, you, you brought up uh, the commish with Saquon. There was probably not going to be um, a universe that I would have taken Saquon Barkley in round one. Um, it, there's just too many concerns there. In terms of fantasy football, you want security, you want safety, and in my mind, Saquon Barkley is not that person. And I, and I get it. At pick six, it's kind of hard to pass up. But like you said, Aaron Jones was still there. Zeke was still there, which is insane. Um, and, yeah, I think I hope it works out for Brian. Um, but Saquon there really, really worries me. Um, and not to um, bag on Smith on top of you, but with, I guess waiting till round five for your next running back after Derrick Henry for Smith, I hope, you know, uh, is not the worst thing to happen to him. And that running back being Damian Harris um, and his third running back being Chase Edmonds doesn't look that solid either. Well, Smith may have a, an unhealthy attraction to Patrick Mahomes and uh, taking him Which, in the second, second round instead of a running back was probably not also not the best idea. 
Yeah, those curls, though. How could you resist? I know. He, he is a cute guy. Yeah. But overall, uh, of course, draft day, always a blast. Uh, the best, you know, one of the best days of the year. Um, I mean, what, we wasn't it good. nice that everybody was so friendly? Nobody said anything like, oh, that was a bad pick. He's got a camp string or something like that. And everybody was no. very nice and cordial to each other about their picks. I'm pretty sure people still said those things. I, I was on the computer, and I think you guys muted me. So <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, real quick, uh, my other league that we'll talk about throughout the year, um, I is now an eight-person league, and I did an eight-person draft the other night, um, eight with no keepers, and that thing is hilarious <laughs> because every team is stacked. The amount of players that went undrafted are ridiculous. Um, I'm very curious to see how that plays out this year. There, there have been a couple years. King, you can, you know, back me up here. We had an eight-person league many, many years ago. Yes. Right? Your league yeah. is also, the league you're talking about is one of those leagues that gives points for, like, ten every 10 yards and stuff, right? It's a pretty high-scoring league. It doesn't even have, um, like, decimal points. Decimal points are also a thing. So you guys um, are probably going to be like, oh, man, I lost by 100 points. It was a million five hundred twelve yeah. to a million four hundred twelve. It's PPR. Um, it also is – there were some people, I think, that were being auto-drafted. The entire draft was online. And there were some round eight and nine picks for defenses and kickers. <laughs> so, like, like, I would be eyeing Russell Wilson in round nine – and I'm like, oh, I hope I get Russell Wilson. And the person in front of me would be like, kicker. And I'll go, cool, I'll take Russell Wilson. Yeah, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a cl- classic winning team with my nine. What do I do now? I don't need anybody else. <laughs> right. Um, so, yes, an eight-person league is crazy, and I look forward to seeing how that plays out. Well, I can't wait to hear those scores. Whew. All right. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and look ahead at week one. Um, we're not going to do our traditional love that guy, hate that guy for week one. Um, as we were talking before the pod, uh, Brandon brought up a good point in terms of, as of right now, everyone's starting their best people. There are not many injuries, thank God. Who you drafted is who you drafted. You're going to start your studs. There are lots of unknowns. We don't, you know, after week one, we'll have some things to talk about. We'll have some storylines and some surprises. But as of right now, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, but we can talk about some matchups in our league, maybe some matchups in the NFL league as well to preview week one. Um, King, you and I are going up against each other. As of right now, we have a 50% chance of win probability each. So it is down to the wire. Uh, um, don't King, be is there anybody surprised. Go ahead. I was going to say, don't be surprised if we tie, because um, that is yes. the thing that I <laughs> That's right. to do. You do love tying. The king of ties. Um, speaking of the King, King, uh, is there anybody you're like excited about this week or like any worries that you have? Um, I don't know that I have any worries. I am a little worried, um, about Robert Tanyan. Um, he is my tight end, obviously. Um, I don't know. He was just so up and down last year. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, obviously all the experts or whatever you want to call them, um, are very high on him. I think he was a top five-ish tight end. Um, but having lived through that hell last year, uh, I am a little concerned about that. Speaking of hell, your name, we should talk about Prince of Hell Air. Yeah. Very solid. 
Um, I'm going with this year the Bishop Sycamore alumni. Um, well, I didn't know you were my there. favorites. I mean, you. Know, I mean, it's not really a school. It's just it's more of an idea, more of a lifestyle. <laughs> it's, it's a construct, <laughs> so, the social construct. Yeah. Really, no, yeah. I've I've seen their football team. <laughs> right. <you. laughs> um, I was surprised about how I already had like sit and start decisions. I don't know if you guys had this or not, but like I just said, we're all kind of starting our best guys. But I'm still kind of struggling with who to start this week. Like, oh, you, yeah. do you have that as well? Sure. And um, was, a little bit. Yeah. Like you're not starting Tyler Boyd. Uh, that is correct. Because Minnesota's right. defense is very good. Right. Yeah. Johnny, what were you going to say? Well, it automatically puts your top first five position players in. And I see D lamb was uh, in the sixth round. So mm-hmm. um, he wasn't listed. And so I had to replace, I had a choice between Brandon Ayuk, CD lamb and, um, Adam Thielen, where to put two two receivers, and I pulled Ayuk and kept Thielen and Ceedee Lamb. I don't know if you noticed my my name is I love Lamb. Mm-hmm. Right? From is it from Man. like I love Lamb? Right, yeah. I love That's, it. I also love lamb, like eating it. Oh, oh it is delicious. Yeah, oh, I think it tastes like goat. All right, so moving on. Where are we? Yeah. So, Johnny, you're playing the commish. Uh, you got a little bit of an edge, but seems pretty even. The commish's team a little stacked. Um, okay. Not sure about his starting running back. Of course, according um, to ESPN, I'm projected for 124 points, and he's projected for 113. Sure. Which okay. I think is the biggest spread of all the games. These things matter. Um, Schilling, uh, again, a lot of Cowboys on his team, and yet, you know, still looking okay. Um, mm-hmm. He is playing Weebs. Um, the great name to the window to the Waller. Um, got Aaron Waller as his keeper. Um, that one looks pretty even. Schilling projected at 118 and Weebs at 119. A uh, Weebs, sneaky good team here. Tom Brady, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson. Uh, maybe a stretch at Devontae Smith in Philadelphia, but we'll see about that. Maybe the wrong Tennessee receiver with AJ Brown. We'll see. Um, we also have. Uh, Smith against Scuds, Battle of the Losers. Um, Every house is Mahomes is Smith's team name. I love it. Um, Scuds' name uh, has not been chosen yet. They seem pretty evenly matched as well. And then we also have Hans versus Sean. Uh, Maybe a sneaky um, good game here in our league uh, with Hans' team looking pretty strong at 121 projected points versus Sean's 120. Um, Two good teams there. Yeah. Yeah, that should be a fun game. Um, in the NFL, we got Cowboys Bucks this Thursday. Um, looking through some highlights, maybe we see Cardinals Titans. Um, we got your Bengals versus the Vikings, my Niners playing the Lions, um, Seahawks Colts could be sneaky fun. Um, curious what the Patriots look like with um Mac Jones. Probably the game of the week would be Browns versus Chiefs. Um, a big test for the Browns, but holy moly, if they could win that game. Uh, the commission's Broncos facing the Giants. Uh, Monday night, doubleheader, Bears, Rams, Ravens, Raiders. Any games you guys are looking forward to apart from the obvious? I, I, the Browns, Chiefs, for sure. Yeah. Yep. That's the big one. Not just the obvious for me. Just the obvious. <laughs> Sounds like you're ordering from the restaurant. Just the obvious, please. 
Oh yes, sir. Here's the lamb soup. All right. I love I love lamb. I love lamb. <laughs> All right. What else we got? John, it's your time. turn. So yes, pr- project us. It is time for the rate my team. And uh, this year, coming from the Rate My Team website, I plugged in all of our teams, and I have scores and uh, percentages for what you get for great in-season management, medium in-season management, and average in-season. I'm sorry, it's good in-season and average in-season. And taking us from the bottom up, King, you're rated at a B minus, which I think might be a new record. There's nobody with a C this year. So as we said, it was a pretty tight draft with uh, a lot of good teams. King, if you work hard, you have a 70% chance of getting there. Uh, If you work pretty well, you have a 50%. And if you don't do much at all, you have a 33% chance. Well, John, Uh, I'm not going to listen to you uh, because you told me not to listen to what anybody else says about my team. Well, but then I think Chris uh, qualified that by saying, accept us because we have a podcast. Um, Smith is a B minus with great in season management, 70%, good in season management, 50 and in season management, 33, uh, much the same as you King. So I guess you're tied for that B minus role moving on up. Schilling gets a B minus he's at 70% again with great in season management, but 55% for good and 37% for average in season management. Uh, then Chris, you come in with a B. You with great in-season management, you have an 80% chance of making the playoffs. With decent in-season management, you have a 70%, and with average in-season management, a 54% chance. So you can sit in your strata lounger and probably have a 50-50 chance of making the playoffs for the first time in a while. Scuds is at a B with 80% uh, chance of making the playoffs, 70% making. Uh, the playoffs with good in-season management, and just a little bit ahead of you on the average in-season management with a 59%. So he beats you five by five percentage points there, uh, which is pretty good for Scuds because he has not had a good cup last couple of seasons. Moving into the top five, Brian Nelson at 80% with a B, good in-season management, with great in-season management, with good in-season management, 70%, and with average in-season management, which I think he's pretty good at, is 58%. And then let's talk about the playoffs. Being in the playoffs this year is, I I start at the fourth position with a B plus, with an 85% in-season management, if it's good or great with good in season management, it's 75%. And with average in season management, it's 66%. With another B plus beating me out. And these are the nine and two drafters, uh, nine and 10 drafters. Sean at the 10th draft pick is an 85% chance. And a, with great in season management, 80 with good in season and 68% with uh, average in season management. So, Uh, He's got that third spot in the second spot. And I think he's been here before. And I think we've said that Hans has been snake bit, but I'm starting to believe that Hans just isn't a closer. Uh, And he has a 99% chance of making the playoffs with great in-season management. That's he's an A team. Now, of course, that doesn't seem likely, but possibly with good in-season management, he still has a 90% chance. Of, of making the playoffs and with average in-season management and 82% chance of making the playoffs. So talk about sitting on the strata lounger. He could sit there all season long. And finally, with the best draft, according to rate, my team is Chris Weebold 
And ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I've seen it before unless I did it last year. And that's an A plus for his team. Of course, he did start with Justin Jefferson as his 16th pick. And who else did he keep? Uh, it was somebody Waller. pretty good. Uh, Darren Waller. What's that? Darren Waller. Darren Waller. So he started with two really good receivers right away. 99% chance of making the playoffs with great in-season management. 99% chance of making the playoff. I've never seen that before with good in-season management. <clears throat> and with average in-season management, he has a 92% chance of making the playoffs. So up in the 90s for all three, I think maybe we should just ask Brian to give the, the championship money right now. I don't know about that. John, uh, can you, for our new listeners, talk about this website, the algorithm use, what do these ratings mean? Well, uh, we just talked and ESPN does a rating and Yahoo does a rating and Brandon had looked up the ESPN ratings and he had seen a very similar top four selection. Uh, so the algorithms, I think, across the board are pretty standard. But the way it works, if you're thinking about averages and numbers, is that the algorithm will go through each game of the season and plug in your players. And then it will project how many points. And so one of the problems is for some of us, like I only have one quarterback. That means that the algorithm went through one game and I didn't have a quarterback playing. So I, I probably lost that game and didn't score many, uh, many points. If I'd have had a second string quarterback, he would have played and I wouldn't have taken a zero for that. So that changed it. And in fact, I plugged in a second quarterback for my 16th pick instead of my um, the pick that I had. And it did bump my uh, my great in-season management up to 90%. So it bumped it up about five percentage points uh, by doing that. So uh, some of that depends. If you have two quarterbacks and two tight ends and another team only select, you know, some people stream tight ends or quarterbacks, you're taking a zero if you only have one of those players playing. Or I don't, we probably most of us don't even know what our bye weeks look like. So it's possible that we could have had two players on the same bye week and taken zeros for both of those. So it's uh, interesting. So, I, I remember back in the day, uh, which yeah. was a Wednesday, I think, um, bye weeks were kind of a big deal. Like we, that's one, that's the one thing I would look at while drafting and oh man, I don't want, but for some reason that is not an issue anymore. Like I never think about that. Well, I think across the board with that, too, people have thought that that spending too much time worrying about bye weeks and not taking the best available player is not your best strategy. Um, right. And I think, you know, when it all comes down to it, a lot of fantasy football is percentages, right? You're, you're, you're yeah. playing the odds and um, your, your odds are better taking the best available player than worrying about one bye week. Yeah, that makes sense. I like it. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for all your hard work. You know, no big deal. it's so much fun. Yes. Well, again, uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, we're all human. So these projections mean nothing. <laughs> well, you know, the one thing we haven't done is go back into the, the archives and, and yes. seeing where things were. I did notice, and I think it was last year, I had an A+. Plus and okay. uh, a, a pretty decent team and i and i got second place so sure um, I, I i did see that but it, yeah it would be interesting to go back and see how accurate these things are well, we can guarantee you next year on season six of this fantasy life we will do that we'll come back all right so we're going to wrap up this episode like we are we wrap up every episode by walking down the street and checking the mail Melt
You can get in our bag of mail by emailing us at thisfantasylifepodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up over on Twitter at TFLifers. If you know us personally, you can text us, you can Snapchat us, whatever. Um, we got a couple of messages this week. Um, we're looking forward to having all of our leagues back on the bus this year. Um, one of our, I think, OG leagues on the bus is the Paul Jenny Memorial League. And our good friend DJ with Deep Green Lawn Service, any lawn care services you need, go to Deep Green. Um, and DJ sent us a message. He says this year is going to be Ayuk's breakout year. He says he has also reached dynasty status with his third championship in the PJML last season. He is the first and only three-time champ in the 10-year league history. Um, congrats to DJ on that accomplishment. And I think this fantasy life is part of that as well. Yes. And of course, uh, the, of course, COVID pandemic is bad, but army worms in your yard, DJ and his crew are like a bunch of warriors out there killing those bad boys and taking care of your yard. So if you're worried about army worms, deep green's the place to go. That's right. And DJ, a smart guy also on the IUK bandwagon. Hmm. Our other message was from a loyal listener, Tyler, um, and he has a question for us for week one already, starting off hot. Um, so his league is half-point PPR, and he has to start two of the following receivers. So who do we start? He has DJ Chark, do 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 Waddle, Parker, Hollywood Brown, and Curtis Samuel. Um, tough. King, I know you have at least one of these players. Who are you starting between Chark, Waddle, Parker, Marquise Brown, and Curtis Samuel? I can only pick one. Well, you need to start two of them. So you, you pick one or two of them. Yeah. And who are the Ravens playing? The Ravens are playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm. Okay. Then I would go DJ Chark and Curtis Samuel. Hmm. Excellent. Johnny. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, you know what? I'm kind of the same. Definitely Curtis Samuel. So that Washington football team is going to have Patrick Fitzgerald um, throwing, the, <laughs> throwing the rock. And, I mean, say what you want about him. He does know how to throw. And so I'd say he has the best opportunity. Who were the other guys? DJ Chark, Waddle, Parker, Marquise Brown. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's not likely to care too much about throwing. Um, I would have to say Chark as well. Uh, I think so. We all agree on Chark. Um, I think my other one would be Hollywood Brown. Um, Washington mm -hmm. football team plays the Rams, who turns out has a pretty good defense. Um, so I'm not sure about the Curtis Samuel thing there. Um, and I think Baltimore against the Raiders, I think Baltimore has the edge there. I think Baltimore has a good chance of starting off hot, coming in, doing some flashy stuff, and maybe fading them in their season. But game one, I like Baltimore. So I think I'm going to go Chark and Marquise Brown. Okay. So um, uh, I guess we'll have to find out if he either one of those. Yeah. We all agree on Chark, though. We all do agree on Chark. Yes. Uh, looking, looking at some other websites, uh, the difference between Chark and Curtis Samuel is like 92% to 
percent to eight by those people who know stuff. So uh, Curtis wow. Samuel's not getting a lot of love. No. Yeah, the Rams defense pretty good. We'll see. All right, we'll go to Tyler. Good luck to DJ. Good luck to all of our friends on the bus. Good luck to us this year. Um, I'm super excited, guys. This is going to be fun. Yeah, everybody's a contender starting now. Yeah, that's right. I'm currently uh, talking about this. Excellent. Right. All right. Hey, you guys have a good good game for this week. And uh, Brandon, will you play yeah. us out? Thank mm-hmm. you.